Well, here we arrive at the fourth week of Advent, and this year it's the longest Advent that is possible since Christmas falls on Sunday, exactly a week from this fourth Sunday of Advent. Uh, in addition to that, uh, we begin to focus very directly now on the birth of Jesus as we even hear this, this uh, upcoming story just uh, a very short time away, and now in a week, for us, uh, Jesus is born through the Gospel accounts. Uh, but what happens today is, is a little surprising and wonderful at the same time, and I think has some gifts for us. Uh, at the beginning, the first reading from Ahaz, um, Ahaz is speaking for God and says that God says, ask for a sign and it shall be given to you. Uh, but the response is, oh, no, 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 I, I'm not worthy, I can't ask for a sign. And Ahaz gets a little upset. He says, he says um, isn't it enough that you wear me out? Do you have to wear God out too? God said ask for a sign, so ask. Now, it sounds like an interesting or funny story, but it's true. How many times do you think that God invites you and me into something and we don't even notice it? Or we pull that, oh, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. I hear this in confession all the time, uh, that people come and say, I don't know, do you think God can forgive me? And I have to tell them, you think your sin is so big, so powerful that even God can't break it? Really? But this story, I think, challenges us to be more open to God in our life every single day. In fact, we should be following the example of Mary and, and others who said, what is your will, Lord? What do you want from me? How can I serve you? What would you like to do in me or through me for others? And so set up with that, we hear the sign that is given, that a virgin will conceive and bear a son. You'll name him Emmanuel. And we'll hear that echoed and, and happening in the gospel. But before we get there, we travel through that second reading. And we hear about being disciples, being called, being sent. And again, you know, I have to say that I think sometimes our church has dwarfed the church. That is, the leadership has dwarfed the church, probably way back in the Middle Ages, saying only the priest could do things. Only, it was only the priest. It had to be male. All this nonsense. When every single one of us in our baptism ceremony, we hear the words that we are anointed as priest, prophet, and king, just like Jesus. We're anointed to participate in that. We are priestly people. Now, I, I don't know if the Filipinos do this, but I see it all the time with the Latinos, the idea of blessing your children. I had a woman, I just buried her daughter, or will be burying her daughter soon, and um, when I was in St. Mark's Church, the only person who's ever done this to me regularly. Uh, I, I'd be out church, in front of church on Sundays, and people come up, Father, can I have your blessing? Father, can I have your blessing? And, yeah, always giving blessings. But she'd come over here and say, Father Perry, Ben, Ben. So I go over to her, and she would bless me. And I thought that was extraordinary. This woman knew her priestly class. She knew that she had the power to bless, and I think that's extraordinary. We should all learn that. We should all believe that we can give blessing. We bring blessing. So set up with this, we approach this gospel. Now, First, I'll give you the little story. That's the one on the page that I just read. 
and it has a historical context, and it is extraordinary in its own right because Joseph has apparently just discovered that Mary's pregnant, and he knows he was nowhere to be found in this event. Uh, this is what you call an unwanted pregnancy, or unexpected at least. And so he was going to do what he could do and should do, but he was going to do it really nicely. They were betrothed. That meant promised. And that was a special relationship when you were betrothed. I guess it's like engagement. But um, they weren't married yet, but they were committed to marriage. So they actually had to go through a divorce ceremony to separate in betrothment. And um, he plans on doing this because what a scandal. What a scandal. But the gospel says because he was a just man, a kind man, he decided to do it undramatically, secretly, quietly. Finish it, but do it nicely. And then it says that that night an angel came to him in a dream. Now, this is typical language in the, in the scriptures. Angels were always coming. And as, as it was said in the introduction today, uh, Jews had this sense you could never look God in the face, you would die. He's just too great. Not that he'd kill you. It would be too much to take in. And I would dare say uh, we couldn't listen to his voice directly. At least I think the Jews would say that. So what would he do when he wanted to tell them things? Send angels to say, the Lord says this, because it would be just too deafening to take in the voice of God. That was the Jewish thinking. So this is a typical scene, and in a dream, an angel comes to him, and this, I think, is the heart of the reading and the heart for us. He said, Joseph, do not be afraid. Now, who's a Google expert here? Who, who, can, who can Google up something really quickly? I bet you can, right? Would you Google something for me right now? And ask a Siri or whoever how many times that pass, that those words come up, don't be afraid. I'm going to guess it's in the 30s, but just curious. We can wait a second. This, I, it's breathtaking. I thought of this on the way in today. Siri's a little slow today, huh? Uh -huh. That, that, that phrase, don't be afraid. Three hundred and sixty-five. Well, that's a perfect number. One for every day of the year. That says a lot. And why I think it's so important, this angel says, don't be afraid, and then reveals, and he becomes open to it the moment he addresses his fear. The moment that fear is taken away by the angel, he suddenly is able to come to this revelation and accept it, trust it. He takes Mary into her home, into his home. Now, the big picture for us, and every time we read the scriptures, the, the little stories on the page, the big story is how does it involve our lives? And I think I could dare say that probably every single day of our life, we have a little fear over something, usually over nonsense, I think. A little fear uh, that, that it doesn't cripple us, but we also have big fears that do cripple us, that prevent us from taking a risk or a chance. How many people, I wonder, could have come to some greatness in some vocation, but they just 
weren't sure. They just had too much fear that prevented them from jumping in and, and taking the chance. And how many times, even in relationships, do we fear? We fear to say, I'm sorry. We fear to ask for forgiveness. We fear to forgive. We fear to take a chance and say, I love you. Or we fear to accept love. I think, frankly, that's harder for most people. It's somewhat easy to love others, but to let yourself be loved, to believe that you're truly lovable. And when you hear those words, to, to believe it, to believe it. I think Joseph invites us to check out our fears and to see where they do prevent and where they cripple. And if we were to discover some of our fears and to face them and to believe that God is saying, I will give you a sign, I do give you a sign, you're the sign. And not only do angels come to us in many forms, I've never seen a winged one, uh, for whatever that is worth, but uh, the angelic visitation, it's, it's not magical, but it's really mystical. It's something that happens inside that we come to an awareness. I mean, hasn't everybody here had an experience where you just knew that that's what God was calling you to do or be or to become? That we just knew it. God, yes, yes, I accept. So today, Joseph, I think, is a huge sign to us as we approach the great feast of Christmas. And I think he invites us to check it out to see what prevents us, call it fear, call it something else if we prefer, but what prevents us sometimes from really hearing the voice of God in our life, even through our sin, God speaking to us and loving us through our sin. And if we can identify something that prevents, something that locks our ears shut, something that doesn't allow our heart to feel, Maybe we can really come to this Christmas and really this year discover a new light, a brighter light, a light that truly gives life.